probably heard how important it is to take probiotics. And trust me, you don't want to take just any. You want to take one that is backed by science. And the probiotic that my family and I take is Omnibiotic. These are targeted probiotics. They've got a highly effective powder delivery mechanism. They're clinically tested health benefits. They're vegan and hypoallergenic, and they're a leading European product. Let's get them to be a leading product in America. Omnibiotics' unique powder delivery mechanism ensures that 83% of good bacteria reach the desired area of the gut, compared to an average of 7% in top U.S. probiotic capsule brands. So my family and I use Omnibiotic Stress Release. Now, this is a psychobiotic formulation designed to support the gut-brain axis. And what that means is that this is looking at, at memory, cognition, improving your mood. And I'll just tell you... I saw an improvement in my mood and my daughter saw improvement in her mood and also a reduction in anxiety. And that is huge. When you can do something natural to help your brain, I love that. Not only is Omnibiotic incredible, you will get 15% off when you order through their website, www.omnibioticlife.com. Just use the code Lisa Davis 15. Check them out. Get Omnibiotic today. I'm telling you, it is a game changer. You want to go to www.omnibioticlife.com. That's O-M-N-I-B-I-O-T-I-C-L-I-F-E.com. This is so exciting. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. And I'm Andrea Donsky. We have some really great things coming up, and I'm very excited. But before we jump into the show, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to. So I've been super busy with Morphus. We are Morphus, M-O-R-P-H-U-S dot com. You can follow me on TikTok at Andrea Donsky. And I have just been talking a lot about menopause lately, perimenopause, menopause, and really just helping to educate women and validate and support women in this phase of life. It's been really fun. And we are launching our own line of supplements just for women, by women, for women in menopause. So really exciting. And we have a free menopause summit that we are going to be launching. So if you head over to uh, weamorphous.com, sign up for our list because you will be the first to know when the menopause summit launches. You don't want to miss out. We have a lot of really exciting things on the go for 2022. Oh, that is great. And if you haven't seen Andrea's TikTok, you are missing out. (laughs) I'm a TikTok newbie. I'm not very good at it yet, but I do have some fun ideas coming up. But Andrea is a pro. I mean, you just got it locked in. How long did that take? Just for people listening like me who are like, I know I'm trying to figure this out. You know what? I've been on TikTok for over a year now. And I just, you know what it is for me? It's so, it's like my creative outlet. It's fun. It allows me to just be silly and goofy and it allows me to make fun of myself, which is fun. like, I mean, the hot flashes, I have like my character, hot flash, Heather hot flash. And uh, it's like the same character that I'll kind of bring her out every once in a while. And I just like make myself look really, you know, whatever, fun, sweaty and whatever. I just don't take myself seriously there. It's a refreshing social media platform, I have to say, and it's fun and I can educate and just be me. Today, we're going to have on the program Zoe Sakautis and Erica Huss. They were the creators of Blueprint Juices and they sold their company a little while back and now they have Earth and Star. We're going to be talking about what it's like to be a woman and an entrepreneur and a woman in the entrepreneurial space, as well as some health benefits and mushrooms. It's going to be great. Erica Huss and Zoe Sakautis are the co-founders of Earth and Star, a functional mushroom company that brings the immune-supporting benefits of adaptogenic mushrooms into the daily routines of their consumers through ready-to-drink lattes, coffee, and chocolate. 
As the founders of Blueprint Cleanse, a duo has a proven track record of success in the wellness space, successfully scaling and taking it from infancy to sale in just five years without any outside investment. With Earth and Star, the two entrepreneurs successfully conceptualized a way to make functional mushrooms as accessible and delicious as possible to the masses, emphasizing the benefits and supporting the immunity, energy, and focus when integrated into a daily routine. Both been following your careers and they're so incredibly impressive. So Zoe, tell us how the two of you came together. Um, we came together the old fashioned way, uh, Lisa, in a bar. Oh, fun. Um, a juice bar, of course. <laughs> I know I know there are certain generations who don't know what that means anymore, but there's gather around the computer kids. I'm gonna tell you a story. There used to be um, this wonderful thing called a bar and people, a watering hole and people would meet up and we were actually just working there though. Um, but we, we worked together in sort of hospitality nightlife back in the early aughts and um, which means early 2000s. Does anyone say that? Um, Good morning, grandma. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we were both, you know, doing different things and, um, at the time, I was sort of a very, probably super annoying raw foodist and um, very much down that path and probably preaching a little bit too much about, you know, my weird freaky snacks that didn't have any labels or branding. Um, and Erica was working in um, PR, which I guess I will let her talk, tell better explain what she was doing at that time because I feel like I always love it. Well, I need to hear about these uh, these freaky snacks first. What what kind of things were you bringing? Like kale chips or something that you made yourself? Yeah, this is like, I don't even know. Is this like 99 or 2000? I don't know. But basically, yeah, it was, um, I mean, at the time in New York City, which is where we lived, met, um, there were... Two raw food establishments that I would frequent. One was called Quintessence, was was a restaurant. Um, so I was often eating there by myself. <laughs> and then the other, there were two other um, places uh, where you could go and buy raw foods, um, which was, one is called Live Live. It's, it's actually still there. It's in East Village. And then the other one, um, uh, they're both in East Village. High Vibe. High Vibe and Live Live. I mean, these names, they're just so precious. Um, but yeah, basically one of them was literally like you'd go down a hallway around a corner and into a basement and that was the actual store. And they sold things like that a bunch of hippies made in their basements, I'm sure. And they were, it was just like a lot of dehydrated crackers and nuts and like, you know, like the early days of eating plant-based involved um, – a lot of dehy- you know, dehydrated snacks, a lot of nuts, you know. Um, but I know it's, it's kind of come a long way. But uh, yeah, so I would just kind of bring in these like weird crinkly bags full of whatever I would buy at these stores and share them with, um, you know, inquiring minds. Oh, that's funny. You know, and I'm, I'm definitely older than you two because in the 80s, oh my goodness, I worked at a pizza shop called Right Livelihood. And there was no sugar in the sauce, whole wheat crust, and a cashew cheese in the 80s. That was, and it was flipping amazing. It was better than the cheese. Like, it was so good. So when you're talking about the different names of things, and there was, like, so many hippie types working there. And I almost didn't get the job because I didn't know the difference between tofu and tempeh. 
the guy hiring was like, what's the difference? I said, well, they're both made of soy, right? And I was like 19 at the time. He's like, well, one is soy milk and one is tempeh. I'm sorry, you can't work here. And then his co-boss hired me anyway. He's like, yeah, that's dumb. (laughs) Anyway. I understand when you say about the snobby thing. They just lost all respect for you. (laughs) Yes, they totally did. Yeah, that's we got to get rid of that snobbery in in this industry. Uh, And Erica, tell us about you. And Zoe mentioned you were working in PR. Yeah, so I think suffice to say we were both working in a bar to support our other endeavors um, because if anybody has ever been in their 20s and in their first job in New York, you know that that is a requirement. Um, So that's where we met and I was working in, I was trying to get my feet wet in in PR and the world of hospitality. I was really interested in like wine and food and restaurants and chefs and all that, but also needed to still make some money. And we were friends and to her point, yes, she was eating some weird crinkly snacks and unmarked packages and everybody was like, well, what is that? Tell me more. And so, you know, I was, I was interested. Um, I was always, I think in that, you know, eighties, nineties version of health minded. Um, and you know, I was into fitness and I was a dancer previously in my life. So I was always kind of aware of the concept, the relationship between, you know, food and, and healing and fuel and not just for pleasure, but that was obviously a big part of it. Um, so yeah, that was sort of the early, early days of, of, of us, you know, hanging out and, and getting to know each other and becoming friends. And then, um, I think over the course of the, the year or so that followed was when Zoe became much more kind of, uh, deeply involved in this world of raw food and juicing and, and, you know, nutritional therapies, um, and built the framework for what would become blueprint. So built the blueprint for blueprint essentially. Um, and, uh, it was really, you know, it was, a, it was a simple concept that definitely needed, um, to be made, accessible to an audience outside of anybody who was, you know, into wellness, which at the time, like wellness wasn't a word. We didn't refer to, you know, communities that way. Um, so it was a, it was a cleanse program that was, you know, don't drink, don't drink. I mean, don't eat any solid food, only drink juice, cold pressed, you know, fruit and vegetable juice in very, you know, intense concentrations for a period of a few days, give yourself a chance to reset a very simple concept, but certainly one that was not um, familiar to anybody that wasn't, you know, kind of already well-versed in this area. And so the more we talked about, you know, what she was trying to do and and building, and she had gotten some great feedback from some early, you know, kind of test bunnies um, in a little community in, in Connecticut, it was taking the shape of, you know, something that was going to become, you know, a, a really exciting business and an op- exciting opportunity. And the more we talked about it, the more it felt like, okay, well, you know, uh, we've got some complementary skill sets here. And I was asking, you know, what her needs were in terms of like getting the word out and a press release. And she was like, okay, well, I think, yeah, what's a press release? Like, let, let, let's do that. And, and um, so we officially teamed up at the beginning of 2007 and uh launched what became blueprint cleanse and that was that was kind of the first the first step of of many steps that we've taken together professionally it seems to me just from like reading about it it feels like it took off quickly but am i mistaken was it a longer process 
it took off quickly. Um, I think, you know, again, reminder that this is 2007. So the only version of social media that existed was Facebook. And that was to find your friends from high school. Um, There was no such thing as, you know, influencers or likes or shares or anything like that. It was literally word of mouth, like the old fashioned kind of social media. Amazing. And so, yeah, it was one week, you know, we had five people and a couple of them were friends. And then the next week there were 10. And then it really grew incrementally very quickly um, because the word of mouth was very powerful because people were excited about what they were doing and they wanted to share. I mean, you know, you swear off solid food for three days and survive only on green juice and you're going to brag about it until you get on, on board. For me, being an entrepreneur is all about what I'm passionate about. And when I started all three of my companies, it was all about where I was in that phase of life and what I was passionate about in the moment. So ladies, you know, Erica, Zoe, would you say that that was the same for you as entrepreneurs? Was it what you were passionate about? Was it a stage of life for you? What inspired you to create your companies and start them? Yeah, I think, I mean, every, every good idea, I think that makes it, you have to be passionate about it, right? I think it's, um, Certainly not something I set out to do. It was sort of a, a weird indirect discovery in, in terms of just my having an interest in this world. Um, you know, I, I was introduced to the subject of raw food, like introduced to raw foods by like a boyfriend at the time. So otherwise I just, I wouldn't have, maybe someone else would have introduced it originally, but it's just funny how these things happen. And then once you you kind of know you can't unknow. And once you pull a thread on a sweater, you're just like, oh my God, this is really so much more interesting than what I thought I was interested in in college or like what I thought I was going to study. Um, And so I think it kind of, yeah, you can call it a passion project when it hits you over the head and you're like, oh, I can't not do this. (laughs) Like, you know, and you max out your credit cards and (laughs) and sort of strap it and throw caution to the wind. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would add to that, I think, it for me because it was something that Zoe was you know already involved in and passionate about for herself. I was learning, um, so for me it was less about being passionate, but it was more about being excited. I was just so excited for the opportunity to a do something on my own, you know, just kind of leave the, that corporate setting that I was not happy in, and do something with somebody that I you know felt really close to and was excited to just be able to kind of collaborate and and sort of mind meld with, and then the subject matter itself was just, I mean, to Zoe's point, like it just once you learn about this stuff, you can't you can't pretend that you don't know it, and to have the opportunity to help kind of take that message to the masses and spread the word was just super exciting. And then from the excitement, I think grew the passion. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree when you can't unlearn something, right? Once you've seen it or once you've done it, did, was there ever a time that you felt in your entrepreneurial journey that you weren't going to succeed at what you were doing? Or did that ever come into your mind? Uh, what time is it today? <laughs> Constantly. I hate to say that fear is a big motivator, but it is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And especially, you know, with Blueprint, for sure. I, I think it was unique because it was a category that did not exist yet. And so there was really no uh, blueprint for it. Um, and once I, th- I think uh, once we saw the success and the traction and the, the speed at which it was growing, I think the you know, the, the fear of like a big fish coming in and just like eating our lunch was very real and very motivating for us to like keep it. But yeah, I mean, in that moment it was like, Oh shit. You know, when, 
Starbucks calls and says, I want, I'm going to do the same thing. Like, can we acquire you? We're like, oh my God, like this is a totally different level of competition. And like, you know, are we going to survive when like the Cokes and the Pepsis come in and like, how do you navigate that? I mean, it's, and at that, at that stage, even when you're quote unquote sort of established and successful, you're still kind of like, oh my God, is this going to, is it going to (laughs) work? So it's a very constant, um, uh, feeling of, 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 just questioning. Yeah, I think, and I think what's interesting is that the first time around with Blueprint, like we had nothing to compare it to, right? So we, you know, we were literally just surrounded by blissful ignorance. We knew everything that Zoe just outlined in terms of who the players were and who was coming into the space. But all we knew was how to move ourselves forward and and advance from where we were the day before. this time around, you know, we just have all of this data to compare and we're constantly, I think, comparing ourselves to our former selves and comparing our current business to where we were. And that's hard because it's a different time. It's a different business model. Um, so I think there are certainly times where it, it, all, it all feels daunting and it all feels like, oh, well, you know, we didn't know how challenging it was at this stage during that business. So, you know, we were able to sort of just keep, you know, keep faces forward and, and charge ahead. And now, you know, we do know where we, we understand certain milestones and, and um, you know, markers throughout the process. Um, but again, that's, you know, that's, I think it comes with the territory for anybody starting anything ever. Um, so we have, you know, we have the benefit and the disadvantage of some hindsight at this point. I remember when uh, I, sp- I started my first company, this was back in 2000. And I've had the same female business partner for 22 years. So that's why like female entrepreneurship, female partners, like it is like, I call it partnerpreneurs. It's like my complete passion. And I remember, I, I know for those of you who are on our podcast, you can't see this, but the ladies can, is I literally have it. This is 22 years old. This little piece of paper was on my husband's business card. And it was a mantra that I kept. It's like starting to fade now. And it was literally, it kept me going. I remember for probably the first five years of being in business, I was always worried. I was like, oh my God, are we going to fail? Are we going to do this? Is it going to be in business next year? Are we going to be in business? And it was like this mantra that someone had given me when they started a chocolate company. So just like having something that, you know, that you continually just say to yourself, even if like you don't believe in yourself in the beginning, right? To be like, okay, this is going to work. I believe in it. It's going to work. And we're going to get to where we want to get to. Wait, are you going to tell us I what know, the mantra is? Mantra? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So the mantra, this was the woman who gave it to me. She said, my glorious future, my heart is open to you. Please come sit in my heart. And and it's like, fill in the blank. Thank you for fill in the blank. And that's kind of, it's simple, like really simple. The mantra can be anything that you want it to be. And I'm not kidding you. I literally every day I would come into my office for the first five years of being in business from 2000 to 2005. And I would just fill in the blanks and I would say it every single day. So for me, you know, I'm, I'm so happy to hear how raw and honest you are because both of you are, because it really can be scary, right? And female entrepreneurs. So I have, uh, you know, for me, I think that's, that's awesome. Did you, have you ever felt as being female entrepreneurs, being surrounded by other, um, you know, by men or by, you know, other women, even in the industry, did you, like, what are some of the things that you encountered? Like maybe an example of some type of, did you have like resistance or just sharing a story with us that I think would make it so much more, it would make it so relatable to all of us, right? I mean, how many stories could we possibly choose from? I mean, with Blueprint, we didn't have the luxury of having to raise money. We never raised anything. We went straight to acquisition, which is incredible. And I didn't even know how grateful I was for until now. 
now we're raising money. It's a different model. It's whatever a necessary evil. Um, but we did have a few conversations and, and um, you know, potential partnerships with, um, with some potential backers back in the blueprint days. And uh, um, we had, you know, one that just always, I just chuckle is um, we, we pitched whatever very big investor in the city. Uh, obviously I'm not going to say the name of the firm, but the, it was literally like after we pitched, did our whole little soft shoe, whatever horse and pony show was like, ah, you know, I've got one other company in my portfolio. It's actually a successful company. Um, founded by two women. He's like, it's such drama. They're always just like, always such a challenge, whatever. He's like, I'm just never going to, he's like, I'm never going to invest in women again. <laughs> oh my God. I think there was something about the fact that there were two of us and we were like equal partners and it just was sort of like, you know, in his gigantic portfolio, he only had one other business that was also led by two co-founders who were women. And he just like, you know, literally thought nothing was wrong with that statement. And we were like, huh, wow, you just said that, huh? Like, we you know, don't want to work with you either. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I just read a book. It's incredible. I think every woman and man should read it. It's called The Authority Gap, Why Women Are Still Taken Less Seriously Than Men and What We Can Do About It. It's by Mary Ann Seighart. And what's so interesting about it is it's not just the men, but the women. We have our own internalized biases, right? And so yeah. that attitude that you get, and I think that's why this is such a good book for women who are going into business or whatever their work is, entrepreneurial or not, to read. Because, I mean, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, when you were talking about that, I was like, oh, I'm thinking about that book, The Authority Gap. It's real and it's it's not good, but there are things that we can do. And And something else that was in that book is that you're both young and attractive. And young, attractive women aren't taken as seriously. We we suffered. Um, that was probably the most flagrant example that Zoe just outlined. And then I think that there were just hundreds of little like microaggressions over the course of our time that had to do with, um, you know, we were constantly referred to as like the juice girls, mm. which would yeah. never in a million years happen if it was two men who had a company. The juice boys it never. Would probably be the name of their company that they were referred to as. But instead we were the juice girls. And you know, it's like it doesn't it's not hard to say. It's not five syllables. Blueprint. That's pretty easy. Um so and that was something again I feel like we didn't even really hear it until later on when you start thinking back and like, oh, okay. So they really thought of us as these girls that sort of by dumb luck found their way into this, you know, opportunity. Um, and that I feel like, you know, that I'm much more, much more sort of cognizant of that now. Um, you know, now we're, I mean, now we're kind of making fun and, and sort of taking the piss for ourselves because our, the name of our LLC now is fun gals. Um, cause we're in a business. Um, but that's, you know, we get to say that you don't get to say that. Mm, yeah, that's, that's great. Actually. I remember when, one of the things, when I first started back in 2000, I was at a trade show and it was the first trade show out were in the natural and organic industry. And it was our first trade show we ever attended. It was my partner, Randy and I, and we're there and we met, you know, a lot of distributors and brokers would walk by. And I remember one of them after called me and I was so excited because I was like, finally an entrepreneur. I'd been dreaming about being an entrepreneur since I was 16. And I just knew always I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So when I was 29, I, you know, I did it. I went out and I became an entrepreneur. And then after the show, I remember this one man in particular, he was probably 
a good 20 years older than me at the time. And he said to me, he's like, Andrea, I really love what you're doing, but you're way too passionate. You just have to tone down the passion. And I was like, what? Like, first of all, no, like it's who I am. It's my personality. And I remember to this day him you know, saying that to me. And I'm thinking, would you ever say that to somebody else? Like to a guy, would you ever Never. tell to be passionate about what you're doing? Like, is it passion? Like for me, Passion's what rules it, right? And then I remember he went on to give us a nickname of the two of us, and he ended up calling us Andy and Randy, like because Randy that's her name. And I'm thinking, like, interesting, right? Like, again, would you do that to somebody else? Yeah, no. I want to talk about the fact that you you sold Blueprint, and now you're doing something with mushrooms, and uh, you're using functional mushrooms, which is so cool. And it is called Earth and Star. So what was it like to make this decision to like sell? At a certain point, it is like a forced function when you have X amount of people coming into the space and the competition is bubbling up. I mean, make a move and do something. Um, so we could have raised money and continued with more risk, or we could have taken the offers of acquisition, which we did. And we're very, very smart and lucky that we did that um, because, uh, there are a lot of cold pressed juice companies that did not make it out alive. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, we stayed on in a corporate environment almost for two years with the company that uh, acquired us, which was, oof, as you could imagine, not awesome. Um, you know, it was all just pretty classic, I think, stuff. But, um, but yes, watching someone take over your your business and, and sort of slowly pull the reins away from you um, after this sort of like, you know, promised like shared vision and whatever just doesn't really happen. You're like, all right, it's a little it's a little upsetting. But I think we had a good run. It was a good stretch. I mean, we built it. We sold it in five years. And that's like a pretty, pretty, pretty good story. And so, um, yeah, between then and now, I mean, we've had a chance to tick some other boxes. Um, you know, we've done a few things separately together and um, coming back for Earth and Star was not necessarily something we were like, okay, we, you know, what's the next superfood? Like, we've got to crack the code and like, what's what's around the corner? I think it was just way more organic and um, unintentional than that. I, you know, we wanted to stay in the space. We knew we kind of wanted to do something together and we were doing a podcast. Fun, um, you know, so that was a fun way of staying engaged and, and keeping the conversation going with, uh, you know, other founders and entrepreneurs and experts and, you know, subjects, wellness subjects. Um, but with Earth and Star and Functional Mushrooms, I mean, we were both users and we were talking about just the sort of efficacy uh, of functional mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms, adaptogenic mushrooms, whatever to call them. Um, and we had been taking them at the time, like three years ago now, which is nuts. Um, and noted, you know, the, the effect that it had and how powerful it was um, and how noticeable it was when we stopped taking them. And we're just like, huh, let's, let's like maybe pull the thread here a little bit and see, see what this space is doing and who's in it and what does it need and why does what we're currently taking like taste not good and is not very convenient? <laughs> like maybe we can improve upon some things here. So um, yeah, so that was the sort of beginning of that conversation. 
I used to have a show called Beauty Inside Out that I hosted with David Pollock. It was all about looking at what you're putting in your body and what you're putting on your skin. So I recently discovered a fantastic company, Osmosis Beauty, and I am thrilled to have them as a sponsor for Health Power. Now, what makes Osmosis Beauty so special is they have this unique philosophy. It's based on analyzing your skin and body as a whole, treating skin conditions at the source to restore beauty and wellness. Dr. Ben Johnson is incredible. Now, he developed Osmosis Beauty over 12 years ago with the goal of changing the direction of skincare away from excessive exfoliation and renewing the focus on dermal remodeling, barrier and DNA repair, and detoxification. The line includes non-toxic skincare products and treatments that combine the purity of naturally sourced ingredients with revolutionary doctor-developed and scientifically validated formulas that deliver on the brand's promise of permanent change. What I love is they offer skincare, but they also offer internal supplements as well as makeup. So I use Osmosis Beauty. I've seen a change in my skin. I absolutely love it. Go to osmosisbeauty.com. Yeah, you know, I'm curious about just what are some of the benefits of, of the mushrooms and what kind of mushrooms do you use and where do you source them? And you can just give us some of that background. I think it's so interesting. Yeah, it's really, I mean, when you start to talk about it, it sounds like a fairy tale. Like it sounds like there's no way it can be true because the benefit list is just so extensive. But, you know, this is an enormous kingdom. There are tens of thousands of, of species. So in that way, you know, you can make the argument that that it's, it's, it's all, you know, the good news here is that there's just so much white paper and science that we don't actually have to play the role of scientists so much as we just have to be the conduit to allow you access to this information. Um, but the ones that we're focusing on are the ones that are probably the most well known to uh, to audiences now, anyway, um, lion's mane is a big one, um, which is incredible for cognitive function and concentration. And the great thing about that is it really can be applied in so many different areas. So we have so many different kind of stories to tell and audiences to reach with that, whether it's like students or people, you know, new moms who are trying to kind of get out of that brain fog literally anybody in the last couple of years who has been suffering from whether you've had COVID or just kind of the, the cloudy brain that has come with being in lockdown for so long. Um, it's really kind of a welcome respite from, from that as well as seniors and um, anybody who is kind of in the early stages of looking forward to prevent, um, you know, dementia and early onset Alzheimer's symptoms, etc. So lion's mane is super powerful. Um, and that's what Zoe had been using when we first kind of started having this conversation. She herself was a new mom. And again, the brain fog thing is, is real. And that's really one of the most, I think, um, palpable and, and uh, detectable experiences that you can have with functional mushrooms very quickly. Um, and Rishi is another one, which is really what I was using, um, which is great for promoting calm and, and sleep. And uh, again, something that I think a lot of people can relate to, many in those categories that I just named. Um, across all functional mushrooms, the immune support capability is really just off the charts. I mean, that's something that we're super fixated on and really try to kind of get the word out that we're all familiar with, you know, these super berries, whether it's blueberries or acai, et cetera. Um, but if you actually look at the score that they achieve, the, the immuno, um, what's the word? Yeah. Basically, there's an ORAC chart that measures the level of antioxidants in certain foods, and antioxidants equals immune support, right? So that's why we love antioxidants, because they're great for our immune system. So um, 
So yeah, if you look at all the the foods that we know today, um, which are packed with antioxidants like pomegranates and goji berries and blueberries and so chaga which is a mushroom not mushroom but um it's too complicated we're gonna call it mushroom for now um is i I mean it just eclipses in terms of antioxidants uh all of those that i just mentioned combined i mean it's like thousand times more powerful um in terms of antioxidants and immune support than any super goji blueberry pomegranate uh, you can think of. So it's pretty powerful stuff. And, and it's just crazy that so many people know about, you know, pomegranates and have this very strong association between that and antioxidants and heart health or whatever they attribute it to um, and blueberries. And they still, no one knows what chaga does for you. And chaga is like, it blows them all out of the water. So you know, for us, it's like, whoa, this is just, again, it's like an incredible kingdom that we just sort of discovered here. And um, we need to figure out how to take these super powerful ingredients that are in nature and introduce them to people in a way that's, you know, easy enough to understand, delicious to consume, and super convenient, which hopefully is what we're doing with Earth and Star. How much uh, of the ingredients, is there enough of a dosage in the ingredient to make a difference? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's dosage. So there's a couple things to consider. One is dose, uh, dosage and the other is the actual part of the mushroom that you're using. So, um, we have roughly 2000 milligrams per, per serving per can, depending on what you're, what you're eating, um, which is a pretty significant dose. Um, one to three milligrams is what you want to aim for. Um, obviously if you're battling something that's more serious, you want to go a little bit higher. Um, but for, but sort of, you know, average person, everyday use 2000 is a really great, great number. Um, milligrams that is the other point, which is less known, um, which we're working on is, uh, over communicating is the part of the mushroom that you want to focus on. So obviously this space is getting tons of attention right now. It's growing very quickly. Everyone's just like throwing functional mushrooms and whatever, whatever they're selling, um, creating products that are just specifically functional mushrooms, but there's a powder or tincture or whatever it is. Not all of them are the same. So unless it says fruiting body, it's not a functional mushroom. It's not giving you the benefits that uh, you're looking for, which basically all the polysaccharides, like the beta glucans, all of those functional properties are found in the actual fruiting body of the mushroom, which is the top part, which is the actual mushroom that you see, um, as opposed to the mycelium, which is the root structure of the mushroom that you can't see. It's underground. Um, so there might be trace amounts in the mycelium. Um, but what people are doing is because it's super cheap to, to make, um, you could cultivate it on grain, on oats, on, you know, rice. Um, it's, it's super cheap. And basically what they do is they grind everything up together and they, you know, it becomes a powder form. They throw it in the bag and they slap a, a name on it that says functional mushrooms. And it's not. Um, and not only is it, you know, not giving you the benefits that you're looking for because it's not the fruiting body. It's also mixing in a bunch of grain that you might be totally unaware of because um, you don't have to label it. So there's a lot of on, you know, there, there's a lot that still needs to be regulated, I think, and a lot of understanding and education that needs to happen around 
this sort of mycelium versus fruiting body conversation. But I think, you know, the number one thing you need to look for when you're, when you're looking at any, any product that is, you know, including functional mushrooms, quote unquote, in their product is, is it, does it say fruiting body? Um, or does it say something like mycelial biomass? Um, so you just have to be a little bit, a little bit, uh, you gotta, gotta read those, those labels. What's it sweetened with? Um, so our products are sweetened for the most part with, um, coconut palm sugar or um, monk fruit. Uh, we don't use any sugar alcohols or stevia or anything like that. Um, and everything is pretty low sugar. Um, and some don't have any sugar at all. But Well, that's cool. Yeah, I'm looking. You've got organic ground coffee. You've got functional mushroom daily gummy brain tincture, beauty tincture, everything tincture, tincture variety pack, chocolate bar variety pack. And you've also got drinks. I, I want to talk about chocolate. So I'm a big fan of mint chocolate. Tell us about your mint chocolate bar. I'm assuming that has the coconut sugar. It does. Yeah. Um, and I mean, to, you know, in just reading down that list, our goal is really to, to give you as much opportunity as possible, as much optionality as possible. Yeah, it's nice. Um, as you know, we're saying, because there is a loading process with the benefits of functional mushrooms, you're not necessarily going to, you know, experience all the benefits after consuming one dose, you have to have it in your system over time. And so because of that, uh, you know, we're trying to give you the products that are the most, you know, common or, or at least the things that you enjoy consuming on the daily as much as possible so that um, it's, it's just easy to incorporate them into your, into your routine. Um, so our chocolate bars, yes, we use coconut palm sugar for those. They're quite low in sugar. It's uh, organic, 72% dark chocolate. They're super delicious. Um, the minty one that you asked about is uh, my personal favorite, actually, as well. Um, so we have different combinations of mushrooms in the chocolate bars, which is slightly a departure from um, if you look at like the beverages and the ground coffee, which has a blend of all of these powerhouse mushrooms. Um, we played a little bit around with the flavors and the functionality and the chocolate bars just because, you know, to be honest, like everybody should get a variety pack and have a little bit of everything. Um Minty one has um, chaga and turkey tail, which Zoe had just been dis discussing. Chaga and turkey tail is another one that's got some really, really incredible immune supporting benefits. It's been used in cancer therapies to help kind of strengthen the immune system when people are going through chemo. Um, so that is like a super defensive kind of powerhouse chocolate bar and happens to be delicious. What's it like in terms of like hiring, like how does it work in terms of who's creating these recipes for the different products? It just depends on what you're trying to make and how complicated it is. And oftentimes how you want to sell it in terms of packaging will dictate like the processing that needs to happen. So, I mean, I think it just, it just depends what you're trying to make. Um, we can share one name. It's called Google. Ah, thank you. Right, right. right. It's called, <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. But it's just like, it's, I, you know, it's, I wish there was a straightforward answer to that. It's just like you have to do so much of your own research and figure out, um, you know, if you have a, an idea for a recipe, that's great. Um, but you know, how do you how do you scale it? How do you batch it? How do you make sure how do you make sure it's safe in terms of like you know from a food safety standpoint? Um, how do you make sure that it survives from you know a, a taste like flavor profile standpoint? So you know, lots to consider. 
Um, yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like there's a lot that goes into it. Like you don't take this lightly. This is like a big flipping endeavor. It is. And we spent a ton of time, I mean, on R&D, like I bet. Year, years plus, because, you know, with the beverage line alone, um, we really wanted to make sure that we had a super clean label. So we don't have any gums, any fillers, any stabilizers, any um, seed oils, which we see so often now. Oh, it's Every- terrible. Everything. Insane. It's like, it's an every package product. It's in beverage. Like, why do you need to put canola oil in a canned latte? Like it's just as, or sunflower oil or safflower or rapes. It's like, yeah, it's everywhere. And it's because it's a stabilizer. Um, basically it helps with texture. It helps with shell. So, um, but everyone super inflammatory. Don't, you don't need it. It's not a healthy thing. Seed oil. Right. Absolutely. I'm in the midst of launching a brand new line for menopause supplements. And um, I interviewed Dr. Kate Shanahan, who is literally the one of the lead researchers on seed oils. And she's incredible. So what you're saying is absolutely true. And it drives me crazy because even a lot of the brands in the natural product industry will use sunflower and safflower oil, which we know are create oxidative stress, which leads to inflammation in the body. So I love that you're actually... To me, you're so forward thinking because unfortunately it's not the norm now. Not everybody understands seed oils. And for those of you who are listening and you haven't listened to our Morphous for Menopause podcast, head on over there and you know, you want to learn about perimenopause and menopause. We talk, look at um, listen to the interview with Dr. Kate Shanahan about seed oils because it can really make a big difference just in terms of pain in your body and inflammation in your body and how you feel, right? So I love that you're not using any of them in any of your products. So congrats. Yeah, thanks. I know we gotta we gotta spread the word about seed oils. It's not everything, and you know, even having like two kids, I look at all all of like little granola bars. It's just like the most innocent, assuming like unassuming thing. You turn it over, and you're, it's like never fails. Constantly loaded with seed oils. Everything um, drives me crazy. I would love to, I would love to be in contact with that doctor that you mentioned. Maybe we should have him her on our podcast. Yeah, she's amazing. I'd be happy to make an intro. She's absolutely incredible. And she's trying to spread the word. She's one of the lead. She wrote a book called Deep Nutrition. So she's a lead researcher on um, on seed oils. Yeah, she's incredible. So happy to make an intro. Um, question, ladies, before we, before we end today's podcast, how would you define success? Like you've been very successful. You've sold a company for millions of dollars. You know, what do you have said and and has your definition changed now that you've sold a company? So I know, you know, when I first started out in entrepreneurship, one of the things that I was measuring success was, was one day I'm going to sell my company for millions of dollars. And that was always like a barometer of success. Is that like, how would you define success for you two ladies as female entrepreneurs? And has it changed from the beginning? I mean, I I think... um... I think it, the goalpost is sort of always changing. So back in those early days when we were looking to sell the company, I think selling the company for a significant amount of money um, was certainly a measure of success. But it also, it wasn't, you know, there's this whole concept of destination bias, right? Like once you get to a certain point, then X, Y, and Z will happen. And it was never like, okay, well now we can just like rest and be done. It was more um about okay well now we've we've set out to achieve this this mile marker and this this goal and we've achieved it um but the feeling of success i think 
was somewhat fleeting in that, you know, we were successful in doing that. We successfully sold the company, but the concept of success, I think really feels like, do you feel like you've done everything that you've set out to do? And the answer to that is no. I think that, you know, both of us, I mean, speaking for Zoe and she can speak for herself, but I think both of us feel like there's still more work to be done. There's still this sense of, you know, we're trying, we, we don't want to be preachy and we don't want to kind of shove our own like philosophies down the throats of, of audiences. But we do feel like, just like you guys had that conversation just now about seed oils, like so few people know about this and it's such critical information that could actually significantly have an impact on your health and your life. And we feel like until we're able to really elevate people's awareness of just making very small changes, you know, eating a little bit of functional chocolate every day that could ultimately have an impact on your greater health journey in your life. Uh, I feel like the success comes when people start to kind of like quote you back to you. Do you know what I mean? And and like kind of repeat information that you might've had a hand in putting out into the world in the first place. Zoe, how about you? It is all that. Yes. The whole mission driven thing. Like there's definitely a sense of purpose there, which is, very fulfilling. Um, I mean, I think success is just being in a state where you're doing the things that bring you joy. And if that just so happens to be like researching seed oil, <laughs> I'm like, cool, you're, you're kind of successful because you're, you know, it's not just about happiness. It's just sort of like one's a feeling, one's a state. It's just like, does what you do in the moment right now today, like bring you joy and yeah, working on this brand um, on a daily basis is super stressful and all of these other things, but it also brings me like a tremendous amount of joy and a tremendous amount of satisfaction and this sort of feeling like, you know, obviously like there's a, a purpose, like there's, you know, there's something behind it. So that is, I mean, to me, that is success. Like, uh, you know, I, I would rather be doing that than, um, you know, in a job that is, is not sort of piquing my curiosity and, but paying me more, um, you know, so, yeah. No, I totally agree. And that's why I asked if it changed also from when you first started, because for me, it was all about, you know, selling, selling, selling. And now over the years, I agree. It's about joy. It's about changing people's lives, touching people's lives, making a difference. And I love what you said, Erica, about people when they start quoting you, right? Like that's super cool to see that that's where, you know, you've made a difference and, you've had an impact on people's lives. And I think that to me now is what defines success. Lisa, how about you? For me, it's just doing what I love and it makes me happy. And I know that I've reached people with my different podcasts and my podcast on anti-racism and my book, Clean Eating Dirty Sex. And not about dirty sex, memoir, cookbook, healthy lifestyle guide. <laughs> One last question I have, Lisa, if that's okay. Um, is, just, how did you come up with the name of the company? Erica, do you want to explain? Yeah, we, we, um, it was a struggle. It's one of the hardest things you can do now is find a unique name for your business. Um, we loved the idea of the duality, um, you know, using that ampersand to represent duality. So first it's Erica and Zoe, right? Second, it's something that is functional and it's delicious. It's, you know, it's healthy, but it's also fun. It's playful, but it's also informative. I keep saying, but, but it means and. Um, and then there's also a, there's an actual mushroom called an earth star, which we thought was just like a cool sounding name. Um, it's not something that we use. It's not a consumable mushroom for, for our purposes, but we love the idea that mushrooms are both, you know, they are from the earth, but they also kind of have these incredible superpowers. So it's a lot of duality there. You should definitely see fantastic fungi if you haven't. Have you seen it? We've seen it many times. 
It's so good. Yeah. That that movie. Did you see it, Andrea? I have not. I guess I have to watch it now. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Mushrooms oh. are magic. And I'm not just talking about the drug ones. I mean, they're just yeah. really, really incredible. Incredible. Now, where can we get your products? Can we get them in stores or, or online? How does this work? Yes, you could definitely get them directly from our website, earthandstar.com. But obviously, you know, we know what everyone's going to do. Just just go to Amazon, you can get them there too. Check them out at earthandstar.com. And if you want to check me out and the different shows that I do, you can go to lisadavismph.com. And Andrea? Yeah, you can go to, well, Naturally Savvy, naturallysavvy.com or Naturally Savvy Podcast. And also we are Morphous, M-O-R-P-H-U-S.com if you're interested in perimenopause and menopause. Awesome. This was great. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you and we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.